Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the Amanda Man Games Podcast. This is my weekly gaming podcast where we discuss all things video games related. Tune in every week for new episodes and to support the show, please subscribe, comment and rate this podcast on your podcast platform of choice. You can email me any questions at amandamangames at gmail.com. That's amandamangames at gmail.com. All the various social media links will also be in the description. I want to apologize ahead of time. There's a lot of construction going on around me. So if you hear a bit of noise, that's basically what it is. Uh, so today we're going to be talking about Cyberpunk 2077. kind of forgot the punk part of the game for a second. <laughs> Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, and I just kind of wanted to go over whether or not this is a game that can take The Witcher 3's RPG crown. Now, arguably, The Witcher 3 is considered as the best Western RPG or just best RPG altogether of all time. Witcher 3 made a lot of strides in a lot of areas that a lot of games had not done in the past. Cyberpunk 2077 is, after that, arguably the, the biggest video game launch in a while. Uh, current numbers are extremely positive. I think they hit around 8, 8 million pre-orders before the game even came out. So that's already saying a lot. A lot of people are excited about this game. And glitches and bugs aside, most people are quite happy with the game. And it has been well received. The biggest question is whether or not it can exceed the mammoth that is The Witcher 3. The Witcher 3 came out in 2015, similarly riddled with bugs, but occupied people's mind shares a little differently. It was the first time in a long time a developer asked for 60 USD or 79 Canadian dollars and gave you a game that takes hundreds of hours to complete with free DLC added constantly. Gamers keep discovering new things about the game even now. They then released two expansions that were basically the same as full games released by any other big publisher for just $25. That's two expansions for $25. I recently bought the expansion for Destiny 2 and Shadow Keep, which is an, an older expansion, after a discount was $60, in Canada at least. And then on top of that, the newer one, Beyond Light, uh, at least now it's, on, it's a bit of a discount, but... When it first came out just a month ago or so, that itself was around 49 or 45 Canadian dollars. So you can imagine like the amount of stuff that was given from The Witcher 3, the expansion for just $25. It is it is crazy. I think in Canada as well, I paid $25, which obviously if you think about it, it doesn't make sense. I'm assuming maybe it was 20 USD. But I, I remember myself in Canada pay, paying 25 Canadian dollars for the expansion. The biggest thing going for... The Witcher 3, of course, was its story and the amount of work that was put into the side quests. It honestly allowed you to immerse yourself in that world. The impact that the game has had can be understated. When a company like Ubisoft starts using your game as a template for the future titles, it means you've made it. Of course, we know that with you know games like Assassin's Creed Valhalla and even Origins, I should say, when it kind of first started, that whole RPG aspect of Assassin's Creed, we can see that they took a lot of cues from The Witcher 3. And I mean, now we can see with Immortal Phoenix Rising, they're kind of taking cues from Zelda Breath of the Wild. I'm just kind of waiting for their Kratos or, uh, or like God of War or The Last of Us Part 2 version of, of a Ubisoft game. That would be pretty interesting. The impact that the game obviously had, I know like it's, it's huge, but you know, it had a lot going from the start as well for The Witcher 3 because I think there was a lot of hype around it, but that hype does not compare to the hype around Cyberpunk 2077. Now that game was already 
hyped up to a point that you know it's just hard to meet those expectations it it was there was a lot of promises made and even in the earlier footage the earlier trailers and stuff like that that was shown the world looked beautiful it was basically blade runner the game and everything just come to life that those neon lights that you know futuristic but oldish looking world with a dystopian type of a future you know with all these issues and and systematic issues all that stuff that we've kind of seen in films and in and maybe even novels it was kind of coming to life in this game and people were excited people were really interested to dive into this world and of course i mean the Keanu Reeves being in this game was of course the icing to this enormous neon light cake i mean cdpr has definitely learned a lot since they made the witcher 3 and will have a better idea of what type of story and gameplay elements to implement uh the game being first person will be interesting although it does help you get a bit more immersed but i don't know there's something about playing a character like Geralt that allows you to fill his shoes and allows you to take on that persona but of course i myself haven't played Cyberpunk yet so i don't know how it will feel to kind of have my own character and to kind of build upon the different life paths you can choose at the beginning of the game and how you kind of fill those shoes so that should be pretty interesting the key factor in my opinion is of course that you know Cyberpunk 2077 I'm not going to say that you know if we don't know the I don't know the full campaign and the full storyline and everything like that and I'm sure it's going to be it's going to be awesome but the key factor in my opinion won't be that it won't be the main story the main the, the critical path that takes you down a specific route and tells you a very specific story I I don't think that's the thing that's going to make it for Cyberpunk 2077 but the side content that helps you immerse yourself in that world and let's be honest this was the same situation with with the Witcher 3 The main story was great in The Witcher and it was fun it was interesting but you know it wasn't anything like The Last of Us Part 2 or God of War or even Ghost of Tsushima that came out earlier this year it was the side content that really told interesting emotional stories and the expansions that were added they expanded on this and put more amazing stories in that world and it allowed you to kind of approach the world in a very different way it allowed you to take things slowly immerse yourself do things accordingly with how a witcher would react or with a witcher would behave in that world and that's something that I really appreciated about the witcher 3 it was giving you all the stuff to achieve all the stuff to explore but letting you do it in the way you want to but even if but it rewards you for going down that side content path it rewards you for going down a separate path and checking something checking out a question mark and that i think is what made it so immersive it made you say okay you know what this is a world this is not a game that i'm going to just play for 10 hours 15 hours 20 hours and be done with it and just kind of put it aside and i'm done it's not like the last of part 2 which is you know great and of course i've i've put up my review and my thoughts about that game on my podcast uh, which it last of part 2 was great but again it was once i've went down that path and saw most of the stuff it, it told such an such an intense interesting story that i like after a while i'm like okay no i i just don't want to go back to that world i'm done like i've seen this i appreciate for, for what it is but I, i'm done I've, i need to like leave that world right with the witcher it was like no here's a whole setting here's a whole like world for you to explore and have fun in go do your thing and it was almost like an mmo but it wasn't charging you a monthly fee and it was just telling you to come in every time every day every week come in have fun try new things check out this question mark check out this question mark go here 
And I think that's what made The Witcher 3 so immersive and so fun. If we have gamers discovering new areas, new gameplay elements, storylines in the next year and talking about the game with the same excitement and curiosity in their voice the way they had for, for, the, for Skyrim and The Witcher 3, at that point, it will be certain that Cyberpunk has overtaken The Witcher 3. I think that's kind of what I look at as being something that will ensure that Cyberpunk has taken The Witcher 3's RPG crown, in a sense. It, with, with, the, with Skyrim, I remember in 2011, when it first came out, everyone was talking about it. Even people who didn't know too much about games were asking me about, hey, what is this Skyrim game? I keep hearing about it, I keep reading about it, it looks pretty interesting. The, the Witcher 3 didn't have that same kind of hype behind it, but amongst gamers, it did. And once the game had come out, and it, it's, it's like this slow buildup of that game because we saw how great CDPR was. We saw what an amazing game that was created. It was almost like the game like Among Us. You know, Among Us came out a while back, but no one knew about it. No one really talked about it. And this pandemic put that game into a different gear to the point that it won Best Multiplayer just yesterday at the Game Awards. And in a, in a way, because of that, because of the success of The Witcher 3 and the way the, the love for that game got built up over time, it obviously put a lot of expectations on, on Cyberpunk. But that doesn't mean that the game needs to be perfect. And like, I think that's what we're seeing right now. There are a lot of bugs and a lot of issues. And that's one of the reasons why I'm choosing to simply just wait. I think that's something that I would advise to a lot of people. If you are excited for this game the way I was or the way I am, even my, my desktop computer where I'm recording this, my wallpaper is a Cyberpunk 2077 wallpaper. So I'm pretty excited about this game because I love CDPR and what they did with The Witcher. But I am myself choosing to wait because I know that the game has bugs and we can see that. And this is something that I predicted earlier on in another video where I was, I was kind of just speculating as to why they delayed the game for just three weeks after delaying the game so many times. And it literally made no sense. And in my brain, the only thing that could come together was that there's something really, really wrong with this game. Not in terms of, obviously the game does go from start to finish, which they didn't lie about. That was true. You can go from the beginning all the way to the end. There might be bugs along the way, but you can definitely do that. The problem was the polish. Right. And the other problem is, of course, that the game is is the game is just not what it was supposed to be on the on the PS4 and on the Xbox one on the PS4 Pro and Xbox one X. I think it still is able to maintain a, a good frame rate and it still works well. But the base consoles is where just a lot of sacrifices being made to the point that the stuff that was shown to a lot of gamers a while back, it just doesn't match up. So I think because of that, you know, I want to give them a chance. I want to give them some time to put the polish in, to, to fix it in areas that need to be fixed. Uh, because of course, if you have a gaming PC, you can play the game there, but it will still have bugs. I know a lot of people will come out saying that, oh, I have, I've had no bugs, I've had no issues here and there. But that's not the case for a majority of gamers. At the same time, a majority of the gamers do not have an RTX 3080. I mean, RTX 3080 is already hard to find, but even even so, even if it was available, most of the people will not be going out to buy a $800 graphics card just to play one game. And I think that's one thing that should be understood because a lot of people seem to assume that, oh yeah, if you have an older console or if you have a GPU that, that's not that great, like it, it like you should be you should expect this, you should expect these bugs. But that's not the case. CDPR literally said that no, this is a game for PS4 and X4, for Xbox One, and we're gonna charge you 60 USD for it. At the same time, the minimum spec requirement for the game have been listed. And as long as you meet those requirements, you should be able to play those games. So when you do meet those requirements and you do have a PS4 and Xbox One and you buy the game and the game just runs horribly, that's not that's not the consumer's fault. That's what we were told. That's what the consumers were told. Hey, 
this is what you need. If you have that, you're good. You're going to have an amazing experience. And it's like, no, we're not having an amazing experience. I'm lucky that I have a PS5, so I know that the game does run at 60 FPS on the PS5. But even so, the game does still have a lot of bugs. This is just a backwards compatible version of it. So it's not the full-fledged next-gen version. So I'm kind of interested to see what that version will look like. And that's one of the reasons why I am kind of waiting. Of course, I'll go over what I've been playing later on and kind of talk more about what my plan is for Cyberpunk. Uh, but other than that, you know, I, I just kind of want to bring it back to like the main topic. All this kind of means is that <laughs> The Witcher 4 or whatever their next IP is will have an even bigger, even bigger shoes to fill. Hopefully that game will also be released in, in a little more smoothly, a more smooth manner, smooth of a manner. Um, because I know that this one had a lot of issues with bugs, but also on the reviewer side, just the way the reviews were handled and stuff like that was a little off, was a little all over the place. But overall, like it, it, we can't take away from CDPR for what they have created. They create something amazing. A lot of people are enjoying themselves. So far, people are who are able to play the game on their high-end PCs and stuff like that are really having a great time. Even people that are playing it on their PS4 Pros or Xbox One Xs, are having a great time with the game. I do want to just kind of bring up that a lot of people seem to be just going to bat for this game or for the developers. Um, I think anyone that, of course, is harassing developers, like, stop. Like, at that point, if you're someone that harasses developers for stuff like this, like, you don't even need to listen to this. I, I barely have any followers on my YouTube, and, I like, I, I'll i be okay. I'll be okay without your follow. If you're someone that for whatever reason, harasses developers or says all these like horrible things that we read about that are being sent to these developers just because the game didn't come out on time. Um, at the same time, I feel like I do need to bring gamers into perspective that at the end of the day, the developers and these companies, for their main objective is to get money from us, right? They It's not about your feelings or or anything like that or about like, oh, like I have a, I have a GTX 1060. You said that the game should work on a 1060, but it doesn't. Uh, and you know, it's, it's, it's not like they're going to be like, Oh, I'm so sorry about that. Uh, yeah, you should probably get a, you know, I'll, we'll send you an RTX 3080. Like they're not going to do that. They'll be like, no, like, okay. Uh, I'm sorry. It doesn't work for you. Uh, just wait for an update or wait for a patch or something like that. I don't know. Right. But basically I just want to put it into perspective that I just don't, I just don't understand why some people are just going so hard into defending CDPR. I myself have seen that on, on my Instagram from the messages that I get, uh, after making a video about. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077 and the hype that was it, it felt like the hype was going down a little bit and the amount of messages that I got from that even though like I said you can see that I, that video it's not like it did like a crazy amount or anything like that but I still got messages from that so you can imagine that amount of people that are just going to bat for this game and I get it at the end of the day you know you're you're invested because you are really interested in this world and stuff like that and and for God of War I'm sure like that when the new God of War comes out I'm gonna probably love it no matter what but I can guarantee you that if someone's out there saying anything against God of War, or whatever, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna be going for bad for it. I'm, I'm not gonna be saying, hey, no, you're completely wrong. God of War Two is the best game in the world. No, how dare you? You don't even know. No, if God of War is like crashing PS5s, and I'm like sitting, I'm like, nope, it's not crashing my PS5. Like, no, like that's not. You you can't you can't like experience is relative, right? You can't say, oh yeah, I'm perfectly fine. Therefore, you should be fine. Like, no. And when it comes to this sort of stuff, like there's no point in doing that. So I just kind of wanted to bring that up just because I have been seeing that quite a bit recently. So we're going to move on to the games that I have been playing. Uh, I kind of mentioned this last time. Of course, I was playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Uh, the game is, is is great. I'm like, I think 22 hours in. I'm really having a great time. Uh, so this is one of the reasons why I didn't want to play Cyberpunk just because 
I do have a number of games that I'm still playing. I still haven't finished. And I definitely want to finish them before I make my top 10 games of the year, uh, the, the video for YouTube. So Zazki Valhalla is going great. I'm really enjoying it. Uh, of course, it's a Ubisoft game, so there, there's still a bit of, there, there's still a few glitches and, and hitches here and there. But overall, the fact that this game runs at 60 FPS on a PS5, I still it's still so hard to believe. Like as I'm playing it, I'm like, wow, this is this is just unbelievable. Like what is happening? Like I can't I can't understand. This is something that I can't compute. You know. But like it's a great it's great fun and just the stuff that they've added with with this game. I, like I'm not gonna say they added anything new per se, but the way they're handling side quests is a little bit better because it's basically kind of put in the world as world events, like these little blue markers. And what you do is you go to these blue markers and it could be a side quest or it could be like a weird puzzle activity or something like that. It's just like anything in between. So it's not like here's go to this question mark, go to this question mark. And you know, like kind of how it was in Odyssey where an exclamation point means, meant it was a side quest. And the amount of side quests in that game were just crazy. And I think maybe they realized that most people weren't even doing all these side quests, right? Because they were like, okay, we're putting all this work in with the side quests and most people don't even check them out or most people don't even get them. So I think what they did, what they did was a, a good job in that sense of kind of combining side quests and side content with puzzles and uh, weird activities and weird boss encounters and stuff like that. And just kind of put it all together and said, here, this, the blue things are side content, side, side quests in a way, just go to it and, and find out what it is. It could be a quest. It could be a puzzle. You won't know until you go there. So I do kind of appreciate that. It does kind of keep me more interested. So anytime I'm going towards a mission, I see like a blue thing. I'm like, oh, let me check it out. It might be a mission. It might not be a mission. We don't know, right? I might as well go check it out. The other thing, of course, I've been playing quite a bit is Destiny 2 Shadowkeep. So I recently uh, got Destiny 2 Shadowkeep and uh, Beyond Light. Uh, I Obviously, I love Destiny 2, but it's always a game that after an expansion, I always fall off. So after Forsaken, I kind of just fell off for a while. Then Shadowkeep came and I didn't really check it out because uh, it wasn't getting the, great, the best reviews. But Beyond Light came out recently. Uh, I had, you know, I have my PS5, but the PS5 just got a Destiny 2 up, update or upgrade uh, where the game runs at 60 FPS, which is just amazing. I mean, I was I was playing Destiny 2 a little bit on my PC, so I've seen it run at like 144 frames and everything like that. But on the PS5, which is where, or the PS4 at least, where I played the game most of my life, most of the time since 2014, seeing that the game on a console run at 60 FPS the way it is, it was it was kind of mind-blowing. I was like, oh my God, this is this is a game. This is a game that I've wanted from the start. And like there was just something about, I guess, Destiny 2 coming to the PS5 and uh, the new update and everything like that, that just kind of got me reinvested into that game. So of course I got Shadowkeep. So I'm just kind of doing that story. And the story is interesting. I mean, you can kind of tell uh, what they're doing. Like it's like, th th I think that's probably why Shadowkeep didn't get amazing reviews. Uh, is because Destiny 2 does this thing where you have a couple of story missions and then it'll have like a story mission, but the story mission is literally just kind of like an MMO thing. It's like, oh, go kill 100, 100 of these enemies here or go kill 50 of these enemies here, stuff like that. And I'm just kind of like, okay, like, I mean, you could have just added a, another mission, like even if it's like a vertical slice or something like that, you know, like you could just add it something, but whatever, I guess you just want to like fill time or something like that. So from, from what I read, Beyond Light is, is much better than that and does a much better job in telling a story and stuff like that. So I'm kind of interested to see how that one goes. But I'm I'm so far in, in, enjoying Destiny 2. I'm kind of back in. We're obviously going to do the story stuff and then I'll probably uh, try to link up with my friends and try to play some strikes or maybe even do some raids or something like that with, with a couple of them and see how that is because it's been a while. It's been a while since I've done a raid in that game. 
And I think, I think the key problem right now is just timings. Like it's just hard for all of us to coordinate our time and also just kind of block out two, three, four hours out of our time to play that game or play that raid. So we'll have to figure something out or maybe we'll probably <laughs> never do the raid and just watch a YouTube video, which is which is unfortunate. Uh, of course, I like I was saying, I haven't played Cyberpunk yet. Uh, currently, I don't I don't want to play Cyberpunk just because I am seeing that there's a lot of bugs, there's a lot of issues, and I do believe in CDPR because they did make a lot of improvements to Witcher 3. So because of that, I don't want to, you know, rush into the game just because I am excited, I am interested in the game. I'd rather wait. I know the game will get better. I know that a lot of bugs and issues will get fixed. So I'm just like, you know what? And maybe there might even be the PS5 version uh, available by the time I'm playing because they did say it, it will come out early 2021. So hopefully they're working on it right now. Uh, but of course, I don't know. I don't know what the exact schedule is. So I'm hoping that by the time it's, you know, around January or Feb or maybe whatever time I actually get to playing Cyberpunk 2077, uh, I, there's like an update that pops up or some sort of thing that pops up from CDPR that, hey, by the way, there's a, a PS5 version now avail available. Or even if, if they actually fix the game enough to the point that it's running flawlessly, no issues, because it does run at 60 FPS on PS5. So if it, if it does get to that point, then I can probably see myself just jumping in into that and just kind of starting a, a, at least starting one playthrough uh, with one path uh, there, like on my PS5 like that. And probably I'll do another another playthrough on stream at some point. But like, overall, yeah, I think I think I think I need to wait. I think I need to wait. I know like a lot of people will uh, are I, I see it on my friends uh, friend stories and stuff like that. Everyone's like playing it. They're taking photos of oh cyberpunk stuff like that. Even people that I didn't know played video games are posting stuff about cyberpunk. Uh, on Instagram, stuff like that. So that says a lot about the reach of this game. So that should be pretty interesting. Uh, I know I talked about my PS5 last time in terms of issues and stuff like that and, and whatever I had experienced a while back. So far, again, like no issues at all. Um, I made a video about uh, my my conversation with someone at the Sony support team and what they had said. So you can definitely check that out on my YouTube uh, channel. Uh, but basically, yeah, they just kind of told me that a lot of the issues that our people are experiencing are software related. Of course, we don't know how much of that is actually true or not. Uh, but I did kind of make a video about what they had recommended for people to try. So, you know, just in case if someone is looking to see what they can do to improve their gameplay experiences or if they're having any PS5 issues, they can check out that video because I know getting getting through to a Sony support line is pretty tough right now. And you can imagine why a lot of people are having uh, issues with their consoles and stuff like that. So people people are trying to get do their best to get in touch and make sure that they're, you know, get, getting their money's worth from their 500 USD console or in Canada, 600 something Canadian dollar console, right? Like people wanna make sure that they're actually getting what they paid for. And of course, like I overall, like I do wanna say like my PS5 experience since that initial weird hitches has been great. So if you are someone that is able to find a PS5, if you are someone that does see a PS5 available, don't get scared of it. Don't think that, oh yeah, like I'm reading about these issues and crashes and this and that that are, that, that are happening. So I'm gonna, you know, can't, I'm not gonna buy this even though I see one available. It's like, no, no, no. If you see one available and you're excited for any of the games like Miles Morales or Demon Souls or anything like that, or, you know, and, and even if you wanna play your PS4 games, you can just play it on your PS5, like, because the price will not go down anytime soon. Like, I'm just letting people know because a lot of people are like, oh, should I just wait for a year? I always find that quite interesting because when people say that, oh, yeah, like, should I just wait for the pro version? Should I wait for the slim version? I'm like, Okay, I mean, if you wait for the slim version, you might as well wait for the next version. Then at that point, when you wait for the next version, you might as well just wait for the one after that. Like, 
if you keep waiting, it's the same thing with GPUs. If you just keep waiting for the next GPU, you'll always, you'll just keep waiting for life. Like that's, that's how it is. So uh, like sometimes if you, if you have the means, if you are interested in something, if you're interested in the games and stuff like that, and you're excited to jump in, just jump in. Like it's okay. If it's available and everything like that, definitely get it. I, like don't keep waiting for the next be- next best thing. At that point, you will basically just keep waiting for life because I, I just don't like, maybe that's just me. But I just don't understand the mentality. I do understand that a lot of people are looking at it in terms of hardware issues and hardware refreshes and, you know, how stuff is refined over time and made better. Like, I totally get that. But that that, that in no way guarantees that you will have an amazing experience because they might fix one thing, but something else might be causing issues at that point. You don't know. We don't know that for, for certain, right? Uh, we've seen that with, with PS3s on the, on the other end. We saw that the initial PS3, the big one, was able to play PS1, PS2 games, and PS3 games. But then the the refreshed one could only play PS3 games, right? So you, there was no backwards compati- compatibility with that. So I don't know. Like I'm, Obviously, they're not going to take out those kind of features in, in this console and PS5 or anything like that. But I'm just saying, like, sometimes I'm like, it's okay. It's okay to just jump in. Uh, as long as, obviously, you go in with the mindset that, hey, if there's any issues, I can go return it. If there's any issues, I have a warranty. Because uh, a lot of people seem to forget that Hey, like there's an issue and yeah, I know that it's really hard to get in touch with Sony right now, but you have a warranty for a whole year. Don't, you will get a working PS5 no matter what. Like even in my, my case, when I had my issue, my immediate reaction was, okay, look, let's just keep playing this. Let's see what happens. If there's any issue, I, I have a, a warranty thing with EB games or games, games stop here. Um, I have a warranty thing where I can go in and re- get it replaced from them. Of course, as long as they have them available. And I'm like, on top of that, if I get it replaced and the, the new one also has issues, I can always just send it to Sony because I have a year's worth of warranty. So that was like the, the thought process I had in my brain. Uh, again, like, you know, there's no need to bother or uh, annoy or be rude to Sony customer support people because, you know, I can, like, I, I've seen, like I said, like whenever I read these forums, stuff like that, I always see people that are, you know, upset or annoyed or angry at the customer support people. But at the same time, you know, like they're also dealing with, thousands and thousands of calls. Some of them nice, some of them are being very, very genuine. And I'm not gonna say that every customer support person is amazing, right? We don't know. But like, at the same time, like, you know, a lot of people will come in being nice. A lot of customers will come in being nice to the support agents and kind of walk through everything. Other people will just be so annoyed with their experience that they just take it out on that support person. And then of course, you know, like you can imagine that support person, all they're doing is listening to this all day. So for them as well, you know, just to understand from their perspective, they don't control any of this. They they have a script, they have a specific thing that they can tell us, they can go go over, and that's all they can do. They don't have any of that hardware information. They're, they're not the heads of Sony or anything like that, right? They don't make those kind of decisions. All they have is, okay, this is what we have in front of us. If this situation meets A, we're gonna do this. If this situation meets C, we're gonna get a replacement. Like that's all they can do. So just be kind to them and trust me, if, if there is an issue, it will get ironed out. It will get fixed. And you will, and I, I just want to see what it's going to be like in a year from now. In a year from now, I feel like all this stuff will be like a distant thing. Like we'll completely forget about the fact that there were issues and crashes and this and that, uh, you know, just kind of going going all over the place. So I, I do want to mention that I have a giveaway going on on my, on my Instagram account. Uh, of course, I'll put it on my Twitter and stuff like that too. But definitely check it out on my Instagram. It's Amandaman Games. I am giving away one digital code of Cyberpunk 2077. In North America, uh, I, you can basically get either the PS4, the Xbox version, 
or the PC version. For the rest of the world, unfortunately, it will only be PC just because it is a little harder for me to be able to acquire a code for uh, for a country other than in North America and stuff like that. So it's a little it's a little bit more challenging for uh, for Sony and Microsoft on that front, but PC is a lot easier. So I just want to bring that up. So definitely check all the information out on my Instagram channel. Uh, of course, if you want to email me, that's amandamangames at gmail.com. Uh, amandamangames at gmail.com. Check out my Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash amandaman. Really means a lot for any support you all have been giving me. Follow me on YouTube. Follow this podcast. And like, let me know if you want me to touch on certain subjects or talk about something else. And I will hopefully see you next time. Bye.